Hey mamas, I want to share with you a really beautiful and touching podcast that I recently discovered. It is called Thank You Mama. It's hosted by Anna Titer, and she interviews moms all over the world from different countries and different backgrounds, and they talk about the lessons that they've learned from their mamas. I thought it was such a cool thing to tie in to our podcast and, you know, think about you as a mom and going back to your mom and then their mom and all of the lessons that we learn from these beautiful women. The stories are really touching and we can also learn so many lessons from them. I'll put the link to her podcast in the show notes, but go check it out. I think it really will make you smile. And she's got such a beautiful voice. She has quite the background, quite the story, and so does her mama. Go check it out. I think you'll enjoy. (laughs) This is Jess, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. This week, we're unpacking something that I'm pretty sure you all can relate to and that you've felt many times. Mom guilt that dreaded mom guilt. My guest this week is Tamara Andress, and I think I'm going to let her really explain all of her amazing titles because she has so many, and she works with so many women in so many different ways. It's really a beautiful, beautiful thing. So we talk and unpack mom guilt, and at the same time, we also talk about this idea of becoming, identifying who you are in motherhood. You know, sometimes I'm sure you felt that you've lost that, or maybe you've just recently found it. But my hope is that by the end of this episode, you'll be inspired to find it again. Not only are you an unbelievable mom, but you have so much more to offer, and I don't want you to lose sight of that. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed interviewing Tamara. Here she is. Welcome, mamas. I'm so excited to introduce to you my guest this week. We stumbled upon each other, and I could not be more excited to chat. Her name is Tamara Andress. She is, I mean, I need you to introduce yourself. First of all, I'm just so grateful you're here. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Yeah, it's so fun. I think it's such a necessary community that you are bringing together. And I remember the wee hours of the morning with my little ones. Sometimes I miss them. Sometimes I'm really grateful that I get to sleep. But exactly. You'll come into my, my hours in my bed and tap me on the shoulder, mommy. So it's just right. a- season. Um, but yeah, my name is Tamara Andress and I am a Christian business coach. I am an author and a podcaster myself with the Fit and Faith podcast. So tune in and learn more about me over there. And I host international business and personal growth retreats. And yeah, I'm a mama of two babies who I adore. I say babies, but they're at the stage where they're like, I'm not a baby. So Cooper <laughs> just turned seven. Uh, less than a week ago and my daughter Waverly is five and a half as she will tell you and (laughs) that she is a half year old and uh, my husband and I have been together married almost eight and together for 12 so it's been a fun and adventurous ride he is also an entrepreneur and that in and of itself is a story (laughs) so thank you for having me of course 
Of course, you're also an ordained minister. You're truly, yeah. truly a multi-hyphenate. I, I love that. You know, it's it's amazing how God uses all of our giftings and all of our passions, and he literally interweaves them to serve people and communities in such cool ways, just as he's doing with you here. Yeah. And I'll also just mention to everyone, you have to go check out her website. It's chock full of information and it's gorgeous. I I could just sit there and look at it forever. I mean, it, it's full of life and color and it's just beautiful. So I, I really recommend it. There's a funny evolution um, to that as well because I that just newly launched earlier this year. Uh, I didn't know I was going to be working on that during COVID and surprise. <laughs> so <laughs> for something new to launch during that season was kind of bizarre for some people, but it was really special and intentional for me. But a part of that, and I want to just notate this for mamas, because oftentimes in this journey, especially pumping, and I can speak to it myself, is we lose our identity in who we are because we are pouring our identity literally, figuratively, and literally into those little beings. And it's a necessary time. It's a beautiful time, but there's also a lot of becoming that can happen on our end if we allow ourselves and give ourselves the grace to do it. So I felt like I had lost a portion of my identity during that season of having two toddlers. They're 16 months apart. So back to back, one as a baby, I got pregnant when one was eight months old. So he was not even, you know, obviously clearly still in diapers and still needing mommy fully. Um, And so I felt like lost in that. And a part of the reason that my website is so colorful and filled with life is because this has been the new season where I can own who I am and not feel molded by the Pinterest mom or the Pinterest world of what color palettes I should be using or trending right now, but instead like bringing life to my internal and my rainbow was weddings and or my, my weddings was rainbows. Yeah. Every bridesmaid had a different color dress. It sounds horrendous at this point. And sometimes <laughs> when I look back, it's laughable, but it was fun and it was full of life. And so I want the things that I do to know um, that color and the multifaceted colors that we, you know, kind of are attuned to. Yeah. Well, it kind of speaks to you having all of these interests, being a writer, a poet, a coach, a business owner, a minister. I mean, it really, I think there are, those are all different colors and aspects to your life. So it really is represented beautifully there. Where are you joining us from again? I forget. Yeah. So I'm uh, tuning in from Virginia Beach, Virginia, born and raised each babe. And uh, I think it's really fun. I've got definitely my kiddos are little groms. They're surfers and (laughs) barefoot more times than they have shoes on to the point where it's a force to be reckoned with to get my son to wear shoes, even to the grocery (laughs) store. Uh, COVID quarantine people are not thrilled by that, but you know, they're, they're their own people. My son looks like a little Mowgli, little Tarzan. Oh my gosh. I actually have one of my best friends who is an avid listener to this podcast and she lives in Virginia beach. So maybe we should connect you two. Yay. I would love that. If you're ever visiting, it will be in the same room. I always love that. Yeah. We actually, a year ago, pretty much like this week or next week, we went down to Virginia beach to visit her for the first time in years and we had a blast we were wishing we could come down again this year but we'll have to we'll have to postpone it so let's dive into what life was like before you have kids what what did that look like did you have all of these things going on what were you up to I had all the things going on none of these things which is very interesting so 
circa seven years ago, I was a CEO of two other businesses. And I say CEO because if you ask me now, that's not a part of my repertoire. That's not a part of my, my job description with a lot of intention uh, because I was really in the rat race. I was really what I thought living out the American dream. Um, everything was kind of cookie cutter and aligned. I had my handsome husband. We had been together for a long time. We had the house, the cars, the white picket fence and um, these two businesses that I was catapulting. One was Mom and Me Boutique, which is what it's called now. At the time, it originated as a college project called Modern Maternity. And so that is still alive and operating today. You got to go check out their store. It's actually my mom. Uh, so oh, that was a fun awesome. business. And she's got everything, all the nursing needs that you could possibly think of, but infant, maternity, on into toddler and Grammy life. So very fun project uh, correlates to this so much. So when I saw yeah. it, I'm like, interesting. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. And then additionally, I had actually launched a nursing bra line uh, alongside a company out of Australia. Um, Alan Bloom was his name, a fellow friend, and we'd launched it to the United States and Canada market. And so I was very busy. Um, now I try not to use that word because I think it's convoluted by secular mindsets of the American dream. And so while my schedule might be full, it's very intentional and it's a very purposed season. Um, and I think that's just a matter of the terminology and mindset. So all of those things were happening and I, uh, then got pregnant, had kiddos still while trying to manage all of that. And my youngest, uh, my little girl, I came home from work one day and I was obviously working, you know, 60, about 60 hours a week. My husband also having his business and also nursing. So trying to be the best mom and the best wife and the wife part surely fell off the sidelines um, quickly, walked in that day and my daughter, instead of running to me, and you know, that's like the best thing when you come home and their little waddle is waddling towards <laughs> you. She ended up turning around and going back to my husband. And that was a self check where I realized, what are you doing? And the things that I had been aspiring to since I was a little girl, which was to be a wife and a mom, not an entrepreneur, uh, had fallen to the wayside and were not my priorities. And they were the first sign to me that I needed to change. And so alongside that and me and my husband realizing that we weren't going to be married much longer if this continued uh, based on personal actions and lack thereof we decided I was going to give both of those things up pretty much overnight. Wow. And so it was a huge transition to go from a full-time working mom to a full-time stay-at-home mom. And um, I would tell people to do that gradually. <laughs> <laughs> However, we were super blessed and I'm super blessed that we had the financial ability for me to do that because I know that there's a lot of working moms that would die to stay at home with their kiddos. Um, and I actually grieved that process. Um, so not only was I grieving the loss of these two businesses, I was also grieving the loss of a life that I had cultivated over a decade. Um, and what I thought is what I wanted. And so this evolution of my ordination and minister's license and coming to know myself in that season 
was when that happened. So um, that was about five years ago. And it's been a becoming process ever since. And I am so grateful for that uh, screeching halt. I call it my quarter life crisis. And I pray <laughs> to never go through something like that again, because it was extremely difficult um, having your kids, you know, who are toddlers wiping your tears away um, was something that I know was purpose because had they not been there, I would have crashed and burned and gone the opposite direction. But they were what kept me. Uh, alive. So take us through then that first journey into motherhood that was with your son. Yes. He's yeah. So what was pregnant or even both of them, if they were somewhat similar, but what was your pregnancy and birthing experiences like? So I was seven months pregnant when I opened modern maternity. So my pregnancy was really dedicated towards actually helping other moms, kind of like what you're doing. Um, I had already started my belly casting business with my mom at that point. So we had been, I'd been touching pregnant bellies for years before I ever got to touch mine. And um, I had a super easy pregnancy. Uh, I was really uh, attuned with my body because I am into physical fitness and nutrition. And um, though there were surely moments where I splurged and definitely different than I do now. I remember going out to eat one time with my husband and you know when you're pregnant you're like eh, I'm eating for two right well eating for two like literally the calorie difference is like an apple so yeah mind, keep yourself in check um but I had ordered a crab cake sandwich at Waterman's if anybody is local your girlfriend who's listening will know exactly what I'm talking about and uh, I wanted french fries and so I ordered that and got up and went to the restroom and came back. And shortly after our meals came to the table and I had a crab cake sandwich with broccoli. And I was like, oh, um, and like went to go tell the lady. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, no, I, I just figured like that was the better choice. <laughs> this day, every time I tell this story, the woman's mouth and jaw drops. The guys usually laugh. Um, but I was pissed. I was so You mad. mean the server did that or your husband did that? No, my husband. Oh, your husband. <laughs> So he was just like, you'll see, you'll see. By the time you're done, you'll be glad you didn't have that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my you gosh. are about to get knocked upside the noggin. You are lucky. I love you. Sure <laughs> enough, I was glad that it was broccoli at the end, but still was craving fries. Didn't make him stop by a drive through though on the way home. I just got him in secret when he wasn't around. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> but um, you know, my pregnancy was really easy. I, I did have a hard time accepting my body in that third trimester when you start to be uncomfortable and you go from all the cuteness of maternity to the swollenness and the uncomfort and or discomfort and um the changing things that happen to your body that nobody tells you about and you are more shocked than anything especially after you deliver which I did deliver vaginally and not naturally but that was a goal I really thought for sure like I'm gonna do this again this is outside of my humility that I now feel like I own it was yes. in my I'm gonna do this and prove all my friends that you can do this <laughs> be like my mama who birthed all three of us natural and girl, my, my delivery was hard. I respond in pain via throwing up. So oh, no. insert first contraction. And this mama was puking over the sink of her kitchen oh, and no. thinking, 
this is horrible. Um, I, we did do, let me back up just a couple days, a couple hours. We did do the go to the hospital when you think you're in labor, mm-hmm. wave to the neighbors. Yeah, yeah. I'm having contractions. I'm happy and smiling and conversating. <laughs> And they sent me home. And then circa like 36 hours later, I'm puking over my kitchen sink. And I'm like, yeah, I think this is it. I think this is what a contraction feels like. And so we, you know, got into the car as fast as we could. I was now puking every single contraction. So on the way in about every two and a half minutes, and my husband, my sweet husband, I love him so much. All of his stories don't glamour, um, glamify him, but he is amazing. Aww. He says um, every single time, you're not going to get sick. You're not going to get sick. It's okay. You're not going to get sick. And I'm like, give me the bag. I am going to get sick. Like this is going to happen. That sounds like my husband. He would totally be like, it's a mindset thing. Just don't think about it. Don't think, okay, you're just breathe. It's a mindset. You can trick yourself out of them. Like, no, I can't. I cannot. This is happening. So we're at red lights. He's going through the red lights. Cause I am like sitting, like trying not to sit because it was so painful. I get up to the reception desk of the hospital. And again, I'm like, I'm about to throw up. He's like, it's okay. It's okay. Let's get you checked in. You'll be all right. I decide uh, unknowingly that I'm going to spew all over the nurse's station. Oh my God. All over the computers, y'all, all (laughs) over the nurse's station. And everyone's eyes are just like, oh my gosh. And I was like, I told you I was going to throw up. (laughs) So I was the talk of the of the nurse's station that whole day. Then I was in triage for far too long because there was so many people in there. And I remember just screaming and throwing up, screaming and throwing up. The uh, anesthesiologist couldn't be found because he was inside of a surgery that was going not so well. So he was stuck there. I asked for the epidural finally around seven centimeters, didn't get it till close to nine. And yeah, it was very traumatic, but the moment that that little boy got in my arms, you know, all that stuff wipes away so quickly, but it's a fun memory. That's for sure. Oh my goodness. And with every time that you would throw up, you would just get weaker and weaker. I would imagine. So it was exhausting. I was very tired. Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I feel like I have so many questions, but I want to move on to other things I want to cover. Um, Okay. I want to take a second because I think you have so many different aspects that you're involved in and coaching in different ways and supporting women, moms in all fashion. I want to unpack mom guilt a little bit. You mentioned this to me as something that kind of maybe it would be interesting to uncover. And it's something that comes up in almost every one of my episodes to some extent about some area. And it's really, um, I think it's a tricky conversation. I think it's something that we can just say we have it and it's no big deal. But I want to try to see and work through with you if there's ways and practices that we can put into place, maybe even throughout pregnancy or before, or then especially once your child is born, that maybe can help to eliminate just a sliver of that. Yeah, it's really good. I think prior to would really be asking for help out the gate is literally number one and not being ashamed or feeling guilty because you are asking for help, but instead look at it as a place of empowerment and look at it as a place of humility and recognizing that it's a need of 
everyone has, whatever the help factor is. People just don't ask because they're trying to be mightier than now, if you will. And I surely did this with my first baby. Um, you know, that first, I remember within 24 hours I, of being home, I had gotten up and the baby was still sleeping. You don't do that, first off. <laughs> and I was cooking breakfast for my husband and I. I made egg wraps and he comes out and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just have so much mom energy. This is new baby energy. <laughs> that didn't last very long. Yet I felt like I had to live up to that expectation. And I remember going down to my mom's house who lived 17 houses away. I could have asked for help at any given hour. And I just kept saying, no, we're good. No, I'm good. No, we're okay. You can pop by and say hi, but I'm good. House was clean. I was put together. The baby was dressed adorably every day. And it was this air of perfectionism that had been a struggle my whole life. And again, I tell you always becoming and that identity factor. This happened after my son was almost two. So in this season, uh, it was really necessary for you to know how flawed, how broken and how imperfect um, things were, even though I was really striving for that perfectionism. And it led to uh, a postpartum depression. Um, and my need to feel not only perfect, but also in control. And that is where I feel like if women can realize one, that we can't be in control of our lives at every given minute and every given second. And we have a father in heaven who's already designed and already orchestrated each of the things that you're trying to control. He's already figured out. Mm -hmm. So being recognizing of that. And then also recognizing that he created a body of Christ. He created a body and you are only one component of that body. Therefore, meaning if you're the eyes, in order for you to operate, you also need a mouth. You also need ears. You also need a hand and a foot and a stomach and a torso and all of those things. And the people that are around you in your family, in your friend groups, anywhere, nurses, doctors at that point, they are orchestrated with purpose. And in order for you to operate at your highest ability, you have to ask for help and know that that is done in strength, not in weakness. Yes, I 100% agree with that. And I think it's also really interesting because I wish we could rename postpartum depression. I wish it could be renamed like, I don't know, normal right like let's just having a child let's just pick some like i'm going like through making um, it yeah like dessert destiny i, I don't that. know i'm like really craving <laughs> desserts or something right now but like yeah so, something, something that, that is not postpartum depression it's like putting two yeah. two negatives together yeah, it doesn't shake and i think what happens is i was actually just watching a documentary yesterday and the woman had a baby and she was talking about how she was starting to feel, she had started to feel really low. And then she made sure to say, I didn't have postpartum depression, but I just, you know, who the F cares? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You, we go through these things and it's so natural and we cannot control it because it's hormones. It's your body. It's things that, you know, are natural. And I almost think that if we were to be able to just, it's so easier said than done. And I'm over here, the ignorant, like woman without a baby. But if we were able to just say, 
this is natural, this is happening and accept it, I think it would almost yeah. wash over us and through us faster. Yeah, it's so true. And I think I, you know, we go through all the things that we go through with the ability to help serve other people down the road. And I remember going through that and feeling like I was completely isolated because there wasn't other people saying, this is okay. It's all right. Like, what can I do maybe, but not telling me that this was normal. And so fast forward a couple of years when my best friend had my godson and she's walking through this and she's coming over and, you know, feeling completely isolated, I was like, it's okay. Like, I know how you feel. I've been there. You are not the only one that experienced this. And knowing that, that there's a community in that allows you to be free to feel. And that's the biggest thing that we have to do during that season is actually feel versus feeling like we need to suppress our emotions or whatever it be in order to provide. And yes, the providing that's going to come naturally, but you shouldn't suppress because then the longer you suppress, the longer you strive for perfection is in your motherhood journey, the longer you have to get out of it because it does become heavier and heavier and heavier to the point where you might need help in regards of that would have just been that sisterhood love versus having to go to therapy and having to do that those things are not wrong. I also had to do that. Um, so just being understanding that everybody's journey is different, but there's so many similarities and people need to like strip the language of how heavy one person is handling something versus somebody else because your heaviness might come in another season and you're going to need that person to help you later. So what's been another area around motherhood that you've experienced mom guilt? Oh goodness, definitely going back to work. So I told you I I went away from it. I had that experience when I realized, oh my goodness, my kids don't need me. I want them and I need them to need me and they're my priority. They're my first ministry. And then being with them full time and feeling like I have no identity and I am so much more purposed than this and feeling guilty in that understanding of myself, here I am discovering myself to serve them best and realizing I need to get out of this house. <laughs> and in order for me to do the vision and act in the way that I know God would have me, I need help. And I need you to go to daycare for a couple hours a day. And that way, when I get back with you, I have given myself in another way. And now I can give to you in the best way that I know how. And so feeling guilty about camps, feeling guilty about, um, you know, daycare, feeling guilty about going to work and leaving them, feeling guilty about leaving them just with my husband, who that's his job too. Like just because we're the moms, they're not the babysitter. They're the dad. They need time to be solo with the kids too. That's going to speak to someone right now. Cause I understand how people feel about that. Um, but I think there's so many facets of guilt. I leave on a, on a daily basis at from my home. And my daughter this morning was, is five and a half big girl, right? Cling on needing kisses, needing like continued affirmation that I'm coming home. I come home every day that I leave. <laughs> I've never not come home. And so there's this desire for them to so deeply be with us. And I just spent two and a half hours with her cooking breakfast, spending the morning together 
and yet they just need us. And so for us to understand in that mom guilt that we feel we have to be there every minute, they're learning even when we're not with them. The babysitter that comes to them is incredible. They're sending me pictures of crafts and things I wouldn't be doing. (laughs) They're having so much fun with the neighborhood and all of those things. They grow just as we grow, even when we're not together. And that sometimes feels hard because you want to be a part of every single little memory. But that's a part of their journey. That's a part of their life. That's a part of their becoming that we, again, have to release control around. And I think not only that, but you're also teaching them lessons subconsciously, you know, how to survive without you, how to miss you. Distance makes the heart grow fonder, you know, how to adapt because God forbid something were to happen where you couldn't be with them for a longer period of time. And what would they do? you know so so it's there's a lesson in that you're you're still teaching them and giving them something even by being away yeah I, as you said that that triggered another thing that i think would be a cool conversation for moms to understand um and maybe unpack for themselves is that that process of being away from your child i have um family my my mother-in-law and father-in-law just recently retired to mexico so my husband is half Mexican. We have tons of family there. So we, they, my kids have had the ability and the gift to go there on a frequent basis um, to visit family. But now that my in-laws are retired there, they want more dedicated time with them. And so a few years back, we allowed our daughter to go for, it was her first time away for 10 days. Wow. And it was incredibly difficult. There was a lot of drama that went into that, um, that I won't go into because that would be here all day. Um, about customs and passports and scary things that happened. But the good thing is uh, she came back and she was healthy and happy. And yes, she missed me. And yes, I missed her. Um, But if you ask her now, what's one of her favorite things to do or favorite places to go, the girl can speak better Spanish and roll her R's better than me. (laughs) She is such an adventure. My kids, when they go to the airport are like, they know exactly where to go, what to do. And they're five and seven. And like now we've, we've upped that time away where they're doing three to four weeks at a time down there. And I miss them terribly. But one of my husband and I's core values is culturalism is travel and teaching our children that the little box, the little world, the little community that we exist in is not fully reality. It's a segment of reality, but it's not the full story. And it's not the full experience that God has for you in your life. And so get out of the box. I'm not saying go ship your child somewhere, (laughs) but if you have an opportunity for them to go and explore without you and to learn things without you as selfish as we want to be as parents to experience all of those things. And yeah, I want to go to Mexico for a month. I also want them to know that they can blossom and fly and grow wings without me. Um, And that has been a releasing of control that I've had to do as a mom. And uh, I think if more people have the opportunity, they should take hold of it because it's it's a really beautiful thing. When we come back together, it's so much fun. Oh, and then they have stories to tell you. And oh, yeah. that's a great idea that I, I don't think I've ever thought of, you know, a weekend away at grandma's or something, but yeah. something like yeah. that, if you have an opportunity, that's really smart. And additionally, we separate the kids when that happens because my in-laws can't handle both of them at one time. I can't hardly handle both of them at one time. <laughs> 
of giving them that gift of individualism, that gift of self-identity by themselves without their sibling, yeah. who they are with, especially during quarantine 24-7. They're super close in age. Even this year, they were in the same kindergarten class. So there's a lot of sameness and oneness. And so here I'm like, they're two totally different beings in the home. Everyone knows them as two totally different beings. So they do have their separate identity, but they don't get to explore that in the house. So when one is there, we have the other by ourselves. So it feels like you have one child. One child right. is amazing. It's so easy. No offense to anybody who has one kid <laughs> and thinks it's super overwhelming. Oh my gosh, it's such a blessing. Um, but you get to, as parents, pour into that little being and, and pour into them in such a way and learn who they are and discover and explore together, um, just as they're doing the same thing in Mexico or wherever it is that they're going. So mm -hmm. I would definitely encourage that as a tip to moms to give your children those separate date nights, separate weekends away, all of that, because it's been so healthy for their relationship and ours. Mm, that's a beautiful idea. Just sort of wrapping up this concept of mom guilt, are there any other things that you've done that, I mean, that could even be one too, you know, feeling guilty that then you're sending them off, but it's actually oh, yeah. benefiting Some them. Some moms look at me like I'm bonkers. Yeah. They're like, what do you mean? How do you do that? I'm like, well, it's really hard for my heart. Thank goodness for FaceTime. Yeah, yeah. I can see her and talk to her or him every single day. Um, but yeah, I think another piece would just be you know, that component of, of pouring into perhaps your own passions yes. uh, and feeling like, you shouldn't be because you should be pouring into theirs. And I have a dear friend who has actually launched uh, something called More Than a Mom. It's a ministry um, that she is walking into and serving mothers as well um, in Atlanta, Georgia. I'll have to connect you to Janice yeah, is her name. Wonderful. She's amazing. But she walked through this process of discovering her passions after raising three children, two which are out of the house and one who is in high school and realizing oh my goodness, I spent 20 plus years pouring myself into my children. And now who am I? Mm -hmm. And how am I supposed to live the rest of my life without them being my sole understanding of my soul identity? And so I thank God for that troublesome season that I went through of letting go and having to discover my identity when my kids were little. And I know that that is a process that young moms or people who are not yet moms really should hone in on before they have children. Because a part of the way that I love my children is through my passions. For them to be able to see mommy so ignited, so on fire, so excited when I leave the house to go to quote unquote work. That is an amazing mindset shift from the multitude of people who go to work hemming and hawing and not really thrilled about it. And their kids seeing their mom work these super long hours or their dad work these super long hours and they're tired and they're miserable and they're coming home with nothing left to give. When I come home after such a podcast such as this recording and the recording we'll do afterwards or coaching someone, I am on cloud nine. Not to say that I don't sometimes feel exhausted. I am so energized by the work that I'm doing that my kids now get to learn that lesson. Again, like you said, sometimes just subconsciously, but other times I get to share, what is mommy's job? What do I do? I asked them this one day on the way to school <laughs> and they were like, mommy uh, teaches people about the Bible. And I'm like, 
so sweet. <laughs> I sort of do that. What else do I do? And they're like, you know, mommy helps people. Uh, mommy likes to go to work. I mean, for somebody to hear your child say that is just like, wow, I want my kids to choose a life that they love. And if I'm setting the example for that and I have to do so while carrying a bit of mom guilt, it's so worth it. You know, I was reminded when you mentioned earlier about giving yourself that time, especially in those early days of a friend of mine who did just that. She was, um, she had quit basically her primary jobs and she was home and then she decided to put her son in, I forget exactly what it was, but I think it was like an every other day or some sort yeah. of a two, three like hour yeah, type of yeah. program. And I know that before when she mentioned it to me, she was a little hesitant and thinking maybe it would be good, but she didn't, you know, know for sure. And and then afterward, it was like night and day because not only was the child getting exposure to other kids. And like you said, doing things and learning things that he might not necessarily do at home, but she had those few minutes. And if that's only, you know, some self-care or if that yeah. looks like turning a passion into something bigger, like a business that you can sustain in a, in a healthy way. I mean, you're so right. I think your kids learn from that. They feed off of that and they want to emulate that in the future. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, and I remember in the beginning days where I didn't realize that what was going to become of all the passions that were inside of me, I didn't know I was going to be a business coach or an ordained minister or an author. I didn't know those things. Um, I just needed to go to the grocery store by myself. Right. <laughs> and that was enough. And that was amazing. Or I needed to go to the gym by myself. Or, you know, my husband would just be like, what do you need? I'm like, I just need to go for a drive yep. in the minivan that I never wanted. <laughs> and just, just, just be by myself, listen to a sermon, listen to a song, call an old friend. I mean, those are the places where identity matters. And when you feel like yourself, you get to be this, the version of yourself that you always imagined yourself being. So when I was a little girl and I was imagined myself being a really good wife and having this amazing marriage or being a really good mom to all these kids, two is all these kids. I'm not going beyond that right now, <laughs> but I, I get to now live that truth because I take the time out for myself and people do see that as selfish and they're the ones, unfortunately, that are struggling in that. And so just know that the, the lens of other people's views towards who and how you live your life doesn't matter. It's how your home views you. It's how your immediate closest loved ones love you and how you love them back. And that takes self-care and self-timeouts. Yes, absolutely. And that's so necessary for, for moms to hear. Thank you for sharing. I have one final question to wrap us up. We didn't talk too much about your little ones individually, but what is something that you would like to tell them now at five and seven, you said? Yes. At five and, five seven, and seven, what is something you'd like to tell them now for when they're 18? Oh, wow. Hmm. So my son is very vivacious. 
child. <laughs> Education comes second. <laughs> he learns in by exploring and adventuring. Um, he's an incredible dancer. And so it might sound cliche, but for him, it would be to keep dancing and keep making other people smile through his dance. Um, and for my daughter, who is the inquisitive, more reserved, uh, educational studious one, uh, it would be to find her dance. And what I mean by that is my son's expression of freedom is dance. He, he can explore all the time. My daughter's is going to be more of this seeking out of what makes her feel and free. And so continue to seeking, seeking. And, and that goes into play of our faith as well. Dance is an expression of love and it's an expression of worship. So I want him to keep dancing and worshiping God in the gifts that he's been given. And I want my daughter to keep seeking the face and the facets and the heart of God himself. This has been such an enjoyable conversation for me. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and all of the lessons that you've learned. I will be putting all of your information in the show notes. So mamas, make sure you go check her out, Tamara Andress, and also make sure you check out her Fit and Faith podcast. We're doing a little podcast swap today, so it'll be a lot of fun. And um, I'm sure that you'll learn so much from her. And like I said, I think not only in your website, but just speaking to you in person. I mean, you're someone so full of light and life and energy and um groundedness and it's it's really it it's radiating and I encourage mamas everywhere to really um if you're seeking something in any of those facets connect with Tamara and um I'm sure that she'll she'll bring you back down to earth <laughs> thank you so much uh I am so honored Jessica just your voice alone like has me so enthralled I'm like so at peace just talking to you oh. I got super emotional right there when you were doing the outro just because as somebody who's out, out of the house and exploring, you know, the things and the gifts that God's given me, um, we don't sit and just talk about our kids as much as we could or should. And just to think about them at 18, time flies. Yeah. And so as your time is flying, pre-baby, during baby, or post-baby, uh, just enjoy the moment. Enjoy the present moment. So thank you for allowing me to do that today. Of course. The Pumping Podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms, and I am your host. I'm not yet a mama. I'm a mama in training. If you're enjoying what you hear, please take a minute on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review so more mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding. If you'd like to be a guest and share your story, email me at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also email me if you have any questions for any of my guests, and I will reach out, get those answers, and relay them to you in a follow-up episode. A big thank you to my friends Ashley and Kelly for the use of their baby's laughter, and my dear friend Erin Adams for writing my gorgeous theme song. You can follow along on Instagram at The Pumping Podcast, and go ahead and share the podcast with a mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping.